Hello everyone. In this episode, we are going to have a small conversation with my friend Mr. Pravin Machiraju, who is currently pursuing PhD in Grow Lab of Narayana Netralaya Foundation in Bangalore. Being a bright student since our college days, he is an inspired fellowship awardee and has worked in various prestigious research labs of India as a project fellow. He often says that curiosity is what keeps him motivated. to pursue research in life sciences let's have a small chit chat with him to know more about this field and his current work let's welcome pravin machiraju to our show hi pravin i am happy to have you today welcome to the show thank you shweta same here uh pravin what inspired you to take up research work as a career Uh, I wouldn't say there was always a single uh, event or a thing that has inspired. I think it was uh, over a period of years. Uh, it was the basic uh, that curious curiosity that always there. It was just the curiosity to know why, what, and when of the things. Just let me to take up research, and it was it was not there in any other field. I thought research would be oh. the best way to go. Yeah, so your inherent curiosity is the reason that you took up research work as career. I would, I would say that yes. Oh, that's nice. Uh, where are you pursuing your research at present? So I am currently working in a, a Grow Lab. Uh, so that is based out of Narayana Netralaya Foundation in Bangalore. It is a private laboratory, but uh, we do translational research. A lot of translational research. Oh, so, translational research. Yes, we do translational research, uh, and the lab is uh, located in Bangalore itself. Okay, and uh, what is your research project about, Pravin? I work on um, uh, extratelomeric roles of telomerase in atherosclerosis. That is uh, the title of my thesis that I am working on. but it essentially deals with uh, the mechanisms of uh, atherogenesis how atherosclerosis comes up only in localized uh, regions but not everywhere in the body okay it yeah. went so fast <laughs> you were talking about <laughs> telomeres is it yes okay uh, so so essentially uh, uh, to simplify it mm-hmm. uh, if you see uh, in layman terms atherosclerosis is the plaque that is formed in the large arteries oh uh, yeah because of which we get strokes and heart attacks right? that's called myocardial infarction so cat oh, yes. carotid artery diseases or say strokes we also get pad pad is peripheral artery disease uh, which we get in our legs Uh, so i essentially study why the arteries get blocked only at specific places but not on not in all the places okay so right. uh, this blocking of arteries is also because of genes is it i'm hearing this for the first time uh, i thought it is a lifestyle disease it is a lifestyle disease but for every disease there is an underlying uh, i wouldn't say a genetic cause i would say it is a dysregulation of many Uh, biological pathways or molecular pathways that happens in the inside the cell. Okay, and uh, you were saying uh, something about translational research. What what is it? Would you please elaborate for us? Translational research essentially 
uh, you know, one could define it as uh, a research which can be applied to patient populations, say, in the fields of personalized medicines. So, especially okay. it involves the study of uh, disease characteristics from the patients itself, uh, where you discover uh, different molecular signatures or biomarkers for a study. And then you try to apply to larger populations or larger cohort. It also helps in biomarker identifications. It also helps in personalized medicines. That is kind of the future of the medicines. Everybody is moving towards personalized medicine. Yeah, I'm hearing a lot about this. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, so essentially, there is in 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 biological research, you can divide it into say. Uh, basic research, applied research, and people also call it translational or clinical research. So we okay. do the second half of it, not the pure basic research. And then we back up our translational uh, findings with the basic biology using genetics or uh, sequencing or molecular biology, whatever it takes. Okay, so if... Okay, is it right if I take it like this? Translational research is a kind of clinical research where you convert the basic research into application. Is it so? Uh, I wouldn't say that uh, exactly, but uh, yeah, as an umbrella statement, you can actually say that it is uh, it is a use of clinical research uh, to develop an application-related uh, modality for patient populations. Okay, okay. That is very interesting. And Praveen, I know that you worked as Project JRF in Center for DNA Fingerprinting uh, and Diagnostics. Yeah. And we people watch many detective programs in TV, you know, <laughs> where I they think... solve crime mysteries using fingerprinting technology. Now that you are available, we are curious to know what does that actual work of DNA fingerprinting look like? Actually, I should play a bit of spoil spot here because... Um... At CDFT, I worked in cancer biology. Oh. So I was not fortunate enough to see the exact methods of uh, DNA fingerprinting. So my knowledge is restricted to textbooks, as all of yours. Uh, okay. <laughs> leave it that um, thing. Yeah, because CDFT had a separate DNA fingerprinting lab which where they do actual DNA fingerprinting for uh, different cases or whatever the need be. And uh, I was not fortunate enough to see the whole procedure then. I wish I could someday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, sorry about that. No problem at all. Uh, Praveen, most of my students are so curious to get into the research career, especially <laughs> after uh, pursuing genetics as their subjects in graduation. So on behalf of them, I would like to ask you this. How to get into a research career after MSc in India? Yeah, that's a great question. Many people do ask me. Uh, I would suggest for a BSc student, uh, there are integrated PhD courses in a few institutes in India. I would suggest uh, they can look up online. Uh, IIS Indian Institute of Science has a great program of integrated PhD after BSc itself. Hmm, yes. uh, as far as I remember, uh, NBRC, National Brain Research Center, in Delhi. It's in Manisar. Uh, so that institute also has uh, integrated PhD uh, courses. So 
as far as i remember these two uh, institute uh, have it and i'm not sure if iits to have it i would encourage the students to actually go online and check it because every year they keep changing but uh, after masters hmm. um, it is uh, after masters there are a lot of opportunities uh, to get into phds so the first step is to get a, to get a fellowship actually uh, central government fellowships are the best uh, so it starts from CSR. You must have heard. Uh, yeah. We write CSR exam. Everybody does to get a fellowship. So there is a there is a huge list of fellowships now on offer. It's actually a good thing for the students because there are a lot of them. Uh, I might name a few. There is CSR, uh, JRF Junior Research Fellow Examination. Uh, there is UGC JRF and NET UGC NET examinations which give fellowships for PhDs. There is ICMR yes. Indian Council of Medical Research fellowships. There are DBT fellowships, uh, Department of Biotechnology fellowships. These are the four fellowship examinations which actually give out fellowships every year. And apart mm -hmm. from that, there are institutes which give direct admissions. I would say BARC is one of those. Uh, BARC offers wonderful programs. Uh, for PhD candidates and uh, they also offer a program where after uh, af after a few months, uh, 12 to 18 months of uh, training, they actually directly offer a scientist position in BARC itself. Oh, that's very nice. And they, uh, and they provide a lot of opportunities for career growth and further education actually. Uh, BARC is uh, Baba Atomic Research Center it's in Bombay. Yes. Uh, uh, that that's one of a good opportunity and apart from all these five or six fellowships that i mentioned there is uh, always a new examinations coming up uh, there is inspire fellowship for all the uh, first rank holders in university and the inspire is given by dst department of science and technology oh, yes. uh, apart from this uh, we have uh, gate Ravin, you were speaking about Inspire Fellowship and I know that uh, you received that fellowship when you were studying MSc, yes, right? Yes, Would you I please did. elaborate about it? Inspire Fellowship is given to uh, those students who stand first uh, in their uh, MSc course. Uh, Inspire Fellowship was uh, started uh, by Department of Science and Technology. The good part about DST is you need not write an examination. So, uh, which is actually a good part because, uh, you know, uh, the other fellowships have a lot of filtering at examination level. Mm. But the DST inspired filtering uh, mechanism is uh, based on the ranking. So, if yeah, you stand suppose... first in your uh, course, mm. you have to apply for, uh, I would actually urge every student to apply for DST inspired. Okay, does that fellowship continues uh, all through the years of PhD? Uh, so, DST Inspire is equivalent to uh, your CSR <laughs> or ICM or any other central government uh, fellowships that you get. And okay. uh, it continues for five years altogether. Oh, uh, that's very nice. Uh, with first two years, you are called a junior research fellow and you have to pass a small JRF to senior research fellow SRF uh, interview 
and then SRF is for two years and then which is extendable to one more year. So it will give a total of five years. Okay, that is nice. Suppose if a student gets inspired fellowship in his MSc in India, mm-hmm. and then he pursues PhD in India itself, mm-hmm. and he wants to go for PDF, uh, which mm-hmm. is postdoctoral fellowship, will mm-hmm. uh, will the DST continue the fellowship to him? No, the DST offers fellowship at various stages in mm-hmm. your education. So what I'm specially talking about is a DST inspired fellowship for. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pursuing PhDs. Okay. So once you once you finish your uh, PhD, your DST inspired fellowship stops, and you you can later appear for uh, DST faculty positions. They are also under inspired scheme. There are faculty positions also, so you can try for that. Okay, that is nice. So and these are the fellowships that help you. Get into the PhDs, and after getting a PhD, you mm. essentially have to apply for the interviews at different institutes. Face the interview, clear, <clears throat> and then get into a PhD. Yes, thank you so much for you gave so much of information, and I always heard from many students who got into research career that finding a guide, uh, a compatible guide like whose interests of research match your interests, is very difficult. And uh, I would like to know how did you find your guide, and uh, please share that journey with us. So in India, mm-hmm. unlike uh, other universities abroad, say, we'll take US for example. We don't have Indian students don't have much of uh, an options in choosing their uh, guides. Okay. Uh, meaning we do not have lab rotations. Uh, here in many of the institutes, very few institutes uh, have a lab rotation system where you can actually rotate in the lab and choose your guide. Okay. I would say uh, the criteria for choosing a guide would be to see what actually you want, uh, how do you want to work, and uh, it is best to speak to the guide at once. What are his expectations and how much you can deliver. And then make a decision upon: Is it aligning to your interests? Your uh, is your guide good enough to push you through the PhD? Because PhD sometimes uh, is very frustrating or very challenging. Yeah, it uh, is. It is. It is very good if uh, uh, I would say, although uh, a few uh, scientists wouldn't. Uh, Help you through that. Majority of the scientists and the guides in the universities do help you with challenging times of uh, of the students. So it is best to talk it out with your uh, guides and see what are his expectations. You should be clear enough uh, to let him know what are your expectations from him. Uh, fortunately enough, uh, the my first uh, my first PhD stint I would say was. In Center for Neuroscience in uh, IAS Indian Institute of Science. So there we did have a lab rotation. So okay. I did uh, uh, I did a lab rotation for a uh, few months in three labs, and I I chose my guide. Uh, so that is how. As you were saying that, uh, talk it out with your guide. Uh, like, can we directly walk into our institute and? Uh, 
just go and speak to the guides there or we have to like follow them through email or like how how if suppose if i want to go and approach a guide what is the best way i can do so the when you say a guide uh, what i meant was once you get into the institute once you get selected okay that is when you have to speak uh, remember uh, that these uh, scientists are approached uh, by quite a lot of students and uh, it is also difficult uh, on them uh, to talk to each and every student or uh, or say give time to too many students yes uh, so what i would suggest is you first clear your fellowships uh, clear your interviews when you get selected in an interview uh, every institute gives you an opportunity to go and talk to the scientists and that is the time before getting actual admission into the lab you can actually go see their lab talk to their students it's one of the most important parts in choosing a guide i would suggest is before joining once you talk to the guide talk to the students also see how actually the lab works okay and that would be great for the students okay so you are saying that once you get into the institute then you will get a chance to speak to the scientist yes. and see their labs yeah yes, definitely that i mean i am speaking uh, based on my experience at the indian institute of science i have been to other labs also uh, i have been to iicb in kolkata where i got selected uh, i have been to many other labs in india uh, where i have found that uh, <clears throat> it is the best way when you get selected even okay. the scientists or the guide is interested to talk to you and show you around the lab uh, imagine if you know 100 students wanted to do a phd in somebody's lab and 100 students go into the lab hmm. uh, it is sort of not a good thing uh, for the scientist or the institute or the lab itself yeah uh, so i would suggest uh, students to first get selected and then approach the scientist yeah that's a good advice and what are the common problems any student would face when they want to pursue a career in research especially in life sciences and would you like to share any tips with us that will help the prospective research students uh see as per tips i don't think i would uh i can give any tips because it will be too generalized the phd yeah, yeah. journey is different uh, so it Uh, it would be too uh, I, i think it will be cruel of me to say ki these are the tips to follow it is like a formula to making a hit movie there is no formula to <laughs> making a hit movie so there is no formula for a hit phd uh, yeah that that's true uh, but the, we would like to know any cro- common problems like every student would face common problems uh, i don't know see the, the first problem you face is to mentally prepare yourself uh, for such a long endeavor in science uh, okay. and uh, life science in general is uh, not immediately rewarding yes it is a course which takes a lot of time from you lot of effort from you it needs a lot of uh, discipline and uh, the drive to go further um those are very important things uh, many students face a uh, problem in india apart from getting into a good phd uh, program say 
good institutes that itself is a challenge because the seats are few and the students are more but if you are good at what you do if you are good at your basics any institute will be happily uh, willing to take you in and once you get in uh, you get a wonderful environment um, and, and one of the tips i would uh, give is when you go to a lab uh, you should actually see the environment uh, around you and if you actually if you do like the environment go into that lab if you do like the guide you go into the lab at any point you don't like the environment all the research there please don't join the lab just because you got into the institute otherwise then it will be a trouble for you and your guide as well yeah that's true actually i wanted to know what kind of things i should look in the environment like uh, if all the materials are available readily for the researchers or uh, how they are interacting with each other or availability of suggest, internet and all i would suggest uh, uh, facilities uh, come up last okay uh, i mean having good facilities is always good uh, we i mean i always get excited when i get some new machines and to play around with yeah and it's a never ending list for any student or a scientist as per se starting from simplest of the machines to the complex of the machines uh, i would say that is a secondary issue the primary issue uh, the primary thing that one should look at is the willingness of people to help you through it uh, uh, a positive attitude of the person uh, so these two things are i think a must uh, from your uh, supervisor a good positive attitude and the willingness uh, to guide you or the supervise uh, through your phd or uh, towards your goal okay and, so one uh, should look out for the uh, personal interaction like interpersonal interactions yes. among the students and the student yes. and the guide and then they can decide on a lab yes i would say so and the secondary thing is always to have a look at the lab there is no harm in uh knowing that all the facilities are available yes, yes. if the uh, if the supervisor or your lab mates are willing and are very driven they will make things happen uh, you can together make things happen with them yeah even if you don't have anything you can always collaborate and i don't think none of the any lab would have uh, everything that they need science is all about collaborations and working together so there is even in primary institutes the lab uh, they collaborate with other labs for the things that they don't have that is pretty okay pretty much okay yeah that is good to know pravin are there any expectations you had about this research career earlier that you have found different from reality like in both good and bad ways <laughs> uh, not really as such because uh, luckily enough i was i did my uh, masters internship in uh, nccs pune national center for cell science in pune and actually the seniors there helped me set a clear view or clear expectations of how the science would be mm-hmm. uh, yes i did face a lot of difficulties personally but i wouldn't say the other people would face the same issues as i have faced my only expectations was to uh, do some good science 
uh, ethically and then to get into a good lab with all the uh, facilities uh, to be in a student community where everybody is enthusiastic in science that is also very important and i was i, I have been always lucky to get that kind of environment a student community with a good uh, enthusiasm for science is also very important to develop your skills yeah that is nice so as you already have exposure to the research work when you were studying msc uh, your expectations matched what you found real exactly. really yeah. yes if i would say if uh, somebody has have not had an exposure to such a uh, uh, such a lapse i would suggest to keep an all uh, to keep an open mind always and to keep learning so if you keep learning and if you have an open mind yeah and if you don't set too many expectations then your life will be much easier <laughs> yeah that's the best advice right Because expectations spoil things would, yeah these expectations would uh, i i would suggest you can expect your phd is to finish on time so each day you have to work harder mm but it only gets tougher and tougher i have to prepare to be tough and keep running when it, when it is tough with an open mind and take the challenges as they come so i, I think that should do yeah like as you said and in general people say that phd is tough and research work is always tough it it gets uh, okay what do we say it gets harder as you want to dive deeper into the science then at such times when things get tough what keeps you going or when you are tired we get tired sometimes right i get tired lot of times so when i when i get tired i i take a break it's as simple as that uh, you know you unwind you do whatever you like you get back to your lab it's as simple as that but it seems what it keeps you going is the the same curiosity of figuring out the unknown Uh, maybe a day or two you might be uh, there can be setbacks in your experiments which don't work but if you like challenges uh, you know science would offer you tons of it and with each answer you get there are tons of questions that open up and it's a never ending cycle uh, so i think this uh, i mean the field itself should interest you so much that even the challenges would look uh, good for you and then you can so for me if i if i'm tired i go unwind outside somewhere i watch a movie i play a game i hang out with friends if okay. it is mentally challenging it is with the curiosity the same curiosity that i join science i move forward okay so you are saying that your inherent curiosity and interest to face challenges is what keeps you going when things get tough yes definitely okay pravin see the end of the tunnel it's it's a good thing there so i mean i would always encourage students to not to give up in the middle i myself haven't so i know it's very tough uh, to start again you lose a lot of things uh, but mm. for you you have to decide if it is worth it or not it is a personal choice decided if it is worth it or not and um, for me it's totally worth it i go beyond and above to face the challenges and get it
uh, do do my science. Yeah, so you are suggesting that one should have that quality of seeing through the tasks without yes, giving definitely. up in the middle. Yeah, if, if definitely. I mean, there is nothing wrong to give up in the middle. I have my friends who have just gave up uh, science because they realized that it is not for them. That is also uh, uh, good uh, to realize that uh, science is not for you. Your, I mean, you expected something different to be not. as much as challenging that you are facing currently mm-hmm. uh, it is okay to leave uh, let go also uh, there is no compulsion that you should do nobody is forcing you to do or nobody is forcing you to stay also yeah that's the uh, good yeah. part about uh, dedicating ourselves for something no we exactly. get to know about ourselves what kind of so person we are or say, what kind of life would, we want to live uh, i would say phd is is a training in science and but it also reveals uh, your personal connection with the field also you should be personally connected to the field mm-hmm. nobody else outside can help you do that yeah true and pravin as you have studied genetics as one of the major subjects in your graduation and post graduation huh. uh, who is your role model in the field of genetics role model yeah oh, that's a big question <laughs> Uh, role model i would i would say initially when i studied about uh, mendel everybody uh, fantasizes it i would say his way of experiments uh, but for me I, when i read origin of species i think back in there is a copy in andhra university if you go there uh, the way he wrote the book is very fascinating his observations and all oh and, charles darwin uh, Nah, Charles Darwin, and so I think his way of uh, looking at the things and drawing conclusions uh, was very good. I liked it uh, on a personal note very much. Uh, and then, and then uh, Morgan, Thomas Hunt Morgan. Thomas Hunt Morgan. Okay. Thomas Hunt Morgan, who. who so i think who used uh, drosophila uh, to study genetics he set a whole new field of uh, how to study genetics and how to elaborate on mechanisms yeah and just before him i think uh, didn't explain the mechanisms as well as he did so what it actually implies is the way you think and the experiments you plan uh, the simplest of experiments that can give you actually answers to complex problems yes uh, complex uh, mechanisms in biology it might not be a problem uh, there are many scientists uh, there was i think uh, uh, very recently uh, i mean professor uh, cnr rao i read a book of him and uh, it is about indian science and how he studied science and came up Uh, to become the president of uh, JNCSR, that was very inspiring uh, when I started that. And there are many recent uh, scientists in the recent past or during our times. Uh, there mm. was one scientist. Uh, uh, I don't know his designation currently. Uh, his name was Professor P. Rama P. Rama Sharma. I think uh, I don't know. Edit Kardo isko. Okay. He was in CDFD, I think. Uh, I don't know. I remember his name vaguely. 
Okay. So you found him in CDFD. Hi, found this in CDFD. Uh he was a uh, uh he was a he was an advisor to sort of an advisor to our lab. Uh oh. and uh, I had a first hand experience uh, learning science from him and as basic as I still remember I learned how to do uh, superoxide dismutase assay. Uh, uh, so it was very inspiring actually to see such a uh, you know uh, what do you say such an honorary scientist. He is in CDFT. Uh, he mm. holds a distinguished chair now in CDFT. Mm. Dr. T. Ramasarma. Okay. And uh, it is a pleasure to talk to such scientists. Absolutely. So I think my one of the first memories of you know talking to a, actually a scientist and learning uh, something from him uh, was uh, Dr. T. Ramasarma. And also, I have the privilege of meeting some very good scientists. It actually inspired me through the uh, through my journey. Uh, yeah, I would say a few of these: Darwin, Thomas and Morgan, uh, Richard Feynman. I love his lectures, although he's. Uh, is not from our field. Uh, okay. Richard Feynman, actually, if you see his lectures, even if you don't understand it, uh, mm. I couldn't understand much of it. Uh, he's a he's a physicist, I would say. He's a theoretical physicist, but the love uh, he shows for science, any kind of science, is mm -hmm. amazing. Uh, I would suggest actually to read his books. Richard is Feynman, he a contemporary he, scientist now, Richard Feynman? Uh, I mean, I don't know what do you mean by a contemporary scientist. I mean, most of the scientists, usually we know about the scientists who are not alive anymore. We study about them in textbooks, right? Uh, yes, so, yes, yes, yes. He is the one who greatly contributed to, uh, what do you say? The, I mean, you must have heard the fame and diagrams in physics. Uh, so he's, he's very famous. He was a part of Manhattan Project uh, back in 19, 1940s or 1930s, I think. Okay. So yeah, I would suggest uh, to read his books. It's very good. Okay, I would definitely try that. And thank you so much, Praveen, first of all, for appearing in our show and giving us a lot of inspiration and so much of information thank on behalf of all our listeners also i would i thank you so much thanks a lot well that was an interesting conversation through this episode i learned a new term translational research it is intriguing to know that doctors and scientists are working together for providing better treatments for coronary artery diseases in our country I am sure that the information given by Mr. Praveen is helpful to many of the students who are aspiring to take up research in life sciences. Please share this episode with your friends who are interested in listening about research career and science. 
I would like to thank Mr. Praveen for spending his valuable time and for sharing so much of interesting information with us. And dear listeners, thank you all very much for your love and support. Meet you all again soon. Till then, stay safe and stay happy.